Hi everyone, it is now 5 p.m. on this Wednesday evening in Kingston, and you're listening to CFRC 101.9 FM, www.cfrc.ca. Welcome to this week's segment of Today in YGK with me, your host, Alexandra Fernandez. Today in YGK brings you need-to-know news about what's going on right here in our beautiful city of Kingston. From current news, special segments, and interviews with some amazing guests, I'm sure you'll find something of interest that gets you to tune in. If you have any news to share, be sure to contact me via email at news at cfrc.ca. So without further ado, let's get right into it. I hope you enjoy the show. Good evening, folks, and thank you for tuning in to Today in YGK with me, Alexandra Fernandez. I hope that you're having a lovely Wednesday so far. I know that we've had quite the snowfall coming down on us in the K- in, in the Kingston region um, for the past little bit, but at least today it is um, nice and sunny, or it was nice and sunny. It is kind of dying down a little bit now um, as we're heading into sunset, but um, we had some decent weather today for the um, after what we kind of went through yesterday with that crazy snowstorm um but looking ahead um for tomorrow we have a pretty cloudy day um a high of negative four and a low of negative eight so just be wary of that if you're headed outside today we have a really exciting special segment of today in ygk in which we will be featuring some really amazing directors who are part of the kingston canadian film festival um, and just talking with them about their work about their films and how the pandemic has sort of affected their time working in the film industry, which is super exciting. We here at CFRC, we are one of the sponsors for KCFF this year. The Kingston Canadian Film Festival, for those of you who don't know, was founded in 2001. So they celebrate 21 years this February and March as they have a week-long virtual series of talks, Q&As, films, and um, participants can enjoy safely from their own home. And if you're interested, you can go to kingcanfilmfest.com to purchase movie tickets, which are only $12, um, or you can even purchase the movie passes in which you will um, be able to watch either six films, nine films, or 12 films that you can purchase, and you can book them in advance so that way you get um, access to them virtually. And the festival is running from February 26th to March 7th, February 26th to March 7th online, and it is an amazing festival that just um brings so many amazing canadian films um to well kingston and stuff like that you know last year kcff came to a very abrupt stop um because of the um coronavirus pandemic as we know and have been kind of living with for the past quite a while now um and it was just a very unprecedented moment for KCFF, so it would be really awesome to see folks support KCFF this year as they are still able to um, run an amazing online festival to keep folks occupied um, and to still bring us amazing films um, even from our own homes, which is really awesome. And CFRC is sponsoring one of the featured films. We are sponsoring Bloodthirsty, which is happening on opening night, February 26th. Um, so check that out too. But um, before we uh, kind of move on, what I'm going to say is today, based on all this KCFF talk, we have with us Ryan Noth, who is a director of one of the films at KCFF this year. His film Drifting Snow is in the festival lineup. And we are going to have an amazing conversation with him about his career, about his film and just 
about it all kind of so before we um kind of get into that interview um let's welcome ryan noth onto cfrc 101.9 fm thank you so much for joining me today in our virtual studio can you please introduce yourself for us sure um uh, my name is ryan noth and i currently live in cherry valley county beautiful prince Edward county um i went to school at queens and graduated in uh, 2001 in the film studies program and uh, have kind of worked in the Toronto film industry for 10, 10 years or so, lived there and then moved to, to Prince Edward County in 2012 and made a film that's very much set in, uh, on the roads of Prince Edward County and uh, the 401 and the Kingston area. So it's a very local and uh, I guess personal film for me. Mm -hmm. That sounds really awesome. Um, and yeah, like you said, um, you know, Drifting Snow is, um, in KCFF this year, and it's a, a film that you directed. Um, but before we kind of talk about that, have you um, kind of had a film at KCFF before? And even speaking to like your other opportunities at film festivals, um, how have those sort of gone? And like, what is the whole experience like um, being, I guess, you know, a part of a film festival, whether that's TIFF yeah. or KCFF? Um, well, I would say film festivals are amazing. Yeah, yeah. I would say film festivals are amazing and I they even feel more amazing with a pandemic going on <laughs> because the idea that you could hang out with people for a week and literally watch, you know, uh four or five films a day and then go out and have some drinks and talk about them that night like it just seems so insane now but um when you're in that mode that's to me one of the best parts of of uh being a filmmaker or being involved in the film business is when you can uh, can just go for a week and watch like 20, 30 films. Um, so I, I've been to KCFF before um, with some films in around 2011 and, and 20 around then, um, a project called the National Parks Project um, and also a feature called No Heart Feelings that I co-directed back then. Um, and some of my shorts have played there over the years. I've, I've just seen that festival grow since it started when I was actually mm -hmm. and uh it's incredible what they've accomplished in the the caliber of programming and like guests and like well when they had a public um uh program like the service and then like the quality of the screens and everything they have is such a great festival so I'm a, I'm a really big fan of it yeah for sure um yeah I volunteered and you know inter I interned at KCFF last year but it was definitely a different experience because you know after the first day of KCFF last year everything shut down in the province so we couldn't even have the rest of the festival unfortunately um yeah my film was supposed to play sorry I was just going <laughs> to say my film was supposed to play last year and there was the opening night and my film was playing two days later and then it was shut down so it was mm -hmm. kind of kind of a really tough pill to swallow at the time too yeah for sure um and so with the film drifting snow um what can you kind of tell us about it and what should people look forward to with the film in general um basically um it's a film about two people overcoming some loss uh one um played by sonia smith who's um an older actress, uh, but incredible, incredible talent, um, who's hasn't, um, performed in like a feature length film in a while and, um, lives in Prince Edward County and is, is kind of known, um, for some TV series and some other projects and theater that she's done in the past. 
Um, so I'm really excited that like I got to work with her and she was just incredible working on it. And the other um, character is played by Jonas Bonetta, who is an amazing musician who lives in Frontenac, just north of uh, Kingston. And this was his first time acting. And um, Jonas also did the score for the movie after the fact. He also mm -hmm. recorded sound on many days when he wasn't performing on camera. <laughs> so um, both of them, uh, along with my partner, uh, Tess Gerard, who shot the film, um, without those three, like, I don't know. They, gave, they all gave so much to it, so much time and so much... Uh, of their focus for uh, for a really long time and, and in really cold weather. <laughs> um, you know, I really wanted to make a winter movie and we did, um, but that actually means physically shooting in snowstorms and minus 30 and things wow. like that. So, um, you know, hopefully it paid off for the the quality of the, the visuals and performances and all those things we got. Um, and, uh, and I don't think anybody lost any, uh, uh, you know, uh, toes or, or fingers. So I think we're good there. There you go. Um, nice. And I was looking at um, your website and stuff, and I saw that, um, you know, you have worked on quite a few other films too, um, a lot of shorts, but is this your first um, feature length um, directed film? Yeah, this is my first feature that I'm directing and I wrote on my own and it's funded by the Canon Council. And um, I've, I worked as an editor a lot and I've edited a lot of documentaries and I've produced some documentaries and projects. And then, yeah, I've made some short docs. And this film is kind of like a hybrid like doc fiction where mm -hmm. I wrote this treatment and a screenplay, but then we improvised a lot and, and I just let them go with it. And then when I was editing, because I'm familiar with doc, I would sort of shape it in editing uh, a bit more. Um, so yeah, it's, it was kind of always meant to be a sort of like fiction-y doc film about the landscape and about these two characters so yeah that's awesome and how is it different you know being um you know directing and working on a feature length um that you've kind of worked on compared to working um on a short film um it just like i try to tell this to filmmakers myself when i'm working with them as an editor and they get scared going from making that leap from short to feature and i just say just think of it as like you know five or six times a one short film kind of lengthwise and just think of the amount of work and the amount of effort. And so if it takes you three or four weeks to edit a 15 minute, then it's going to take you five or six times that to edit the feature. And if it takes you, you know, uh, X amount of character and uh, dramatic arcs and beats and storylines and, and great images to, for a 15 minute film, it just takes you like five or six times as long. And so, um, you kind of just have to think of them in smaller bits, I think, otherwise you might get too overwhelmed with how much it really is to think about to make my film ended up only being 75 minutes. It was nine minutes at a point. And, you know, I think you just have to do what's best for the film, the story, and just keep things moving along. And, and um, yeah, so it takes, uh, it takes a lot of focus and concentration over a long time. It's really not easy. Just, to, just as if you were to write a novel versus a poem or a short story. Not the poems are easy either, but, you know, just lengthwise, it just takes an immense amount of time uh, mm -hmm. compared to some other things. Yeah, definitely. Um, and um, I know you mentioned a bit earlier, um, you kind of threw it in there, that you're, you know, you're the co-creator and co-producer of um, the National Parks Project. And would you mind speaking a bit to more about what it is and what it did for also so many artists across Canada? Yeah, I mean, the premise behind the National Parks Project was to celebrate Parks Canada's 100th anniversary. 
in uh, 2011, basically. So we were working on it for two years before that and, and even longer developing the idea. But the concept was to take um, three musicians and one filmmaker to a park in each province uh, and territory and have them uh, shoot a short film, the director or the filmmaker, and then um, the three musicians to also music uh, in the park for that short film while they were all camping there for five nights. So again, we went to every province and um, created 13 short films. And then that got put into a feature length film collection, which was about 120 minutes long. Um, and we made a website for it, uh, which had a lot of outtakes and some really cool stuff. And uh, we also um, uh, made a record, like a double vinyl album with a bunch of the music from it, which is a kind of personal dream to make a record. And um, then we also, of course, made a Discovery Channel TV series uh, lovingly narrated by Gord Downey um, about sort of the behind the scenes of the making of the short films and the oh, um, the making of the music and the recording of it in each park. So like there was about a 10 person, including three three musicians and one filmmaker, about 10 people in, in each park for five nights kind of camping and shooting and walking around and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it was, they ended up being like 52 musicians, I think, or, or whatever. And, um, you know, 13 filmmakers and, you know, some amazing people like from New York Kingston, like Sarah Harmer um, was in it and just these incredible experiences in really remote locations. And yeah, it was, it was, it was kind of a mind uh, or a life-changing experience for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sounds like a really awesome project. Um, and moving on to like kind of, um, things going on now, um, you know, with COVID-19 mm. and stuff, um, how has the pandemic affected your career as a director and in the film industry in general? Um, and obviously we know that the film industry has taken quite a bit of a hit and, you know, projects have been challenging and hard, but how have you um, sort of adapted or have been able to, you know, still create despite COVID-19? Yeah, um, well, I mean, it was a, immediately a big hit because um for uh, uh run into the film festival last year in kingston where i you know my film uh was going to premiere and then mm -hmm. just kind of went on hiatus and we had sort of scheduled some screenings in ontario through cineplex through across the province and that got canceled that like that same month we had some screenings set up in picton at the regent theater with some like farm to table dinners and like all these things and nice. that just all got canceled so <laughs> um whether it'll come back uh this summer maybe that would be that's a lovely thought and i guess we'll see mm -hmm. um personally i've i you know kind of went through a down six months where there just wasn't much going on yeah um mostly just because projects that we're shooting were kind of just on hiatus. Mm -hmm. um, and then lately it's been really kind of crazy busy. I'd say over the past two, three months, um, I'm editing a bunch of projects for people and it seems like there's, there's more than enough work to go around suddenly. I don't know where the flow from kind of like, but because it's so difficult to shoot now, but it seems like a lot of smaller projects or commercial projects are kind of coming through. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, that's, I guess it's positive that things are, are sort of trying to get back, but yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I worry about theaters. I have I have tears in my eyes for theaters and the future of theaters, but <laughs> yeah. we'll see, I guess, over time. Mm -hmm, definitely. Um, what is, um, 
a more lighthearted question. What is the most um, interesting or rewarding project that you've been able to work on during the duration of your career? Um, I don't know. I guess I would say that there's a bunch of projects I got to travel with and that's kind of my favorite on documentary, whether, um, you know, was to like Torngat mountains in remote Labrador or Haida Gwaii or like a lot, a lot of places in Canada, but also to like Brazil or for film festivals to Berlin or these other places around every time is kind of just like a new life, um, you know, high or moment or whatever that, um, because I don't, I cherish those moments and, uh, don't get to travel usually outside of my work, whether it's to play a film or to, to shoot something. So, um, every time I kind of pinch myself and, uh, yeah, um, I can't say there's one thing I even like, you know, going to, when you could go to film festivals and you go to Kingston, you watch a couple of movies and you see something that just like really, you know, changes your perspective on something that's like a great experience too. And you get to talk to people after. So, um, whether it's TIFF or, you know, foreign festival or Kingston, like there's always like, um, like a great moment in those, those events. So, yeah. Mm -hmm, definitely. Um, is there anything else that you would like to add before we end off? Um, I don't think so. I think that, uh, I would just say that I hope that people who might not normally get to see small town Canadian and small towns themselves and the small roads and all the uh, highways that we all drive on on a sort of semi-regular basis some more than others um they might really like this film if you want to <laughs> see like your life reflected back um up on screen to some degree at least in the landscape and the surroundings and some of the, the hopefully characters um i think they might be in for a pleasant surprise to, to see that uh in the film so yeah yeah for sure definitely that nice familiarity of like um just like our local um like surroundings and stuff like that would be really I guess. yeah and i especially for the county I, I picked specific i was very like yeah there's certain shots and places and things i wanted to shoot like the picton dump because it looks amazing and like uh, the giant tiger in um picton because it just looks insane with snow around it in the winter <laughs> and um so like there's just these like moments that i thought that are very maybe specific to me but i think other people might get a kick out of seeing so yeah mm -hmm, for sure well thank you so much ryan for um joining me today um to talk about um your film coming up in kcff drifting snow as well as just like your experience and your kind of journey throughout the film industry thank you so much Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me, Alexandra. I really appreciate it. Yes, of course. It was a pleasure having you on our airways, Ryan, especially um, you being a CFRC alum, Queens alum, and all that amazing stuff. So thank you again for joining us on air. That was really great. Um, moving on to some local news updates for you folks. As of this morning, we have 26 active cases of COVID-19 in the KFLNDA region. Just remember to stay safe. I know that now that we've moved into the green zone, um, we definitely have less restrictions in our... Um, KFL and a region here um, and that does mean that we may see an increase in cases as you well as we have already right now but just remember to stay safe to um, you know keep um, practicing proper hand hygiene wearing your masks limiting your travel outside of the region and all that jazz so yep just do your part in keeping yourself your um 
the people you live with safe, your community safe, um, and then we can all get through this together. Um, speaking of COVID-19, actually, um, the KFLNA Public Health um, Department announced that the Invista Center will be used as a mass vaccina- vaccination site um, for the Kingston area which is really, really awesome. In an article in the Kingstonist, Mayor Brian Patterson said, the Invista Center has been an integral part of keeping Kingston and area residents healthy and connected for over 10 years. We are proud to host the community COVID-19 vaccine clinic here and see it as an important step in the community's recovery from the COVID-19 pandemic. The Invista Center is located in the west end of the city. It is located at 1350 Gardeners Road, and that will be the place where, as we just heard, that the KFL and Day region will have access to a mass vaccination site, which is really awesome for us to have it here. Um, and this will open up when um, the vaccination distribution plan comes out as well, um, and when we are able to actually have access to public um, mass vaccinations. So that's a very exciting step forward, um, a little bit hopeful too. Um, so let's just keep that in mind. Um, but right now, Um, The phase one of the um, vaccination plan is happening in which, you know, residents, staff and caregivers at long term care homes, retirement homes um, are receiving the vaccine doses, um, as well as people um, in hospitals um, as well, um, indigenous adults in um, northern communities and whatnot. So hopefully sometime soon, um, relatively soon, I guess we can say that we'll kind of see, um, you know, bookings for um, ourselves to get the vaccination, which would be very exciting and a great step forward. Utilities Kingston has entered into an agreement with Service Line Warranties of Canada, which is a provider of homeowner emergency repair programs to provide optional and voluntary service plans to residents in Kingston. Residential property owners will receive a reminder mailing from the SLWC that includes Utilities Kingston's logo, and the utility wants to assure that its customers um, that this offering is legitimate. Residential property owners are responsible for the water service and sewer lines and interior plumbing on their private property. Optional exterior water service line coverage and exterior sewer line coverage plans can help protect Kingston homeowners from potentially expensive repair costs due to breakdowns of major systems inside and or outside their homes. Participation in this emergency repair program is optional and voluntary for Kingston residents. They will not go door-to-door or telephone residents to market these optional warranty plans. You can sign up. which is entirely up to you. Um, Utilities Kingston and the city of Kingston extend no warranty of any kind with respect to SLWC's coverage. Utilities Kingston does not receive commission or payment when customers sign up and the protection of privacy is very important. Um, And Utilities Kingston did not share personal or account information about its customers. Um, You can learn more by going to slwofc.ca or you can call toll free at 1-844-616-8444. As part of the city's ongoing efforts to make it easier to get around Kingston through active modes of transportation, a new multi-use pathway is being developed on the north side of Henderson Boulevard. This pathway forms part of Route 6 of the citywide cycling network. As the city finalizes the design for this project, it is inviting residents to suggest locations for rest areas along the pathway. Those interested in providing input are encouraged to visit the website at cityofkingston.ca slash get involved. 
We're asking anyone who may use this pathway to tell us where they think the best locations for rest areas would be along this route, says Danny Potts, who is a transportation engineer of Transportation Services. The new multi-use pathway will provide an off-road option for pedestrians and cyclists to travel along and will create a desired east-west connection between existing cycling infrastructure on Bay Ridge Drive and Days Road. Like we were speaking with Ryan earlier today, we have KCFF coming up very shortly, folks. It is happening next Friday, February 26th. CFRC is also sponsoring the opening night film, Bloodthirsty. And just a little teaser, we do have an interview with the director of Bloodthirsty coming up next week, too, in preparation of that awesome event. Um, so don't forget to go to kingcanfilmfest.com to buy your tickets for KCFF. It's going to be an amazing festival in which we just get to support some really awesome Canadian um artists which is what we love to do um especially you know as at cfrc love supporting um local um but in this case we also just love supporting all artists from canada which is awesome um but um kcff is also relying on the audience to help them crown the festival favorites of the festival this year they'll have cash and prizes for winners provided by the amazing sponsors such as limestone financial steam whistle brewing and william f white international and if you want to watch the awards in real time you can come to the free closing night award show happening sunday march 7th at 6 p.m there will be some amazing awards there will be the features um the canadian shorts um awards so award for best canadian short film award for favorite canadian short film um a local shorts award as well and a youth shorts um and there will be a place to cast your vote um on the page that you are on so that's really awesome um but yeah definitely check it out Go to kingcanfilmfest.com, buy your tickets, check out the lineup. There's some really awesome stuff um, playing, and we are so glad to just be able to also talk to these amazing directors on CFRC um, just to help them get the word out about their awesome films and just have a really cool conversation about how the industry has really been impacted with COVID and how they've kind of adapted to all this change. So definitely check it out, folks. But thank you so much for tuning in again to CFRC 101.9 FM. Hope you have a great rest of your day um, and don't go anywhere because we have Campus Beat coming up next on CFRC 101.9 FM. Hi everyone, you're tuned into CFRC 101.9 FM. Here's your weekly traffic report for the week of February 15th to February 19th. Garrett Street near Division will be closed until June 30th for construction staging. Local traffic may access Garrett Street from University Avenue. Be wary of some delays happening this week on Grenadier Drive at Winfield Crescent. You can expect delays while construction takes place around the Kingston East Community Center site. Flag people will be on site to direct traffic. On Highway 15, the southbound paved shoulder south of Craftsman, you can expect crews to be working at site until 5 p.m. March 19th to reconstruct a storm sewer fallout. On Highway 33, east of Collins Creek Bridge to west of Coronation Boulevard, expect delays due to construction to improve drainage. Construction barrels and flag people will direct traffic around the work zone. Ontario Highway updates are offered by the Ministry of Transportation. On Jackson Mills Road near the KMP Trail, it will be reduced to one lane for roadside safety improvements, but remains open in both directions. On John Connor Boulevard, from Princess to Indian, you can expect increased delays until the summer of 2021. While crews complete work associated with the road widening project, turtle fencing, and water mains. 
On King Street from Collingwood to Lower University, you can expect delays over the next three weeks as Utilities Kingston crews replace hydro poles in the area. For Third Crossing Bridge construction impacts, you can visit the project website to learn more and email thirdcrossing at cityofkingston.ca to connect with the project team. Highway 15 at Gore starting February 16th. Expect short delays at this intersection as pieces of the main span of the bridge arrive over the next few months. The trucks expected to arrive after morning rush hour will turn off Highway 401 onto Highway 15 and then onto Gore to reach the bridge's job site at the Cataraqui River. Along John Counter and Sir John A. McDonald Boulevards, you can expect short delays as large trucks carrying bridge girders up to 150 feet long arrive over the next few months. Trucks are expected in the early afternoon and will turn onto Sir John A. McDonald from Highway 401 and then turn east onto John Counter to get to the bridge site at the Cataraqui River. Each truck will have car escorts to guide it. On Grenadier Drive at Winfield Crescent, in terms of sidewalks, you can expect construction around the Kingston East Community Centre site. The sidewalk on the south side of Grenadier Drive may be restricted weekdays from 7am to 5pm. A flagger will be on site to direct traffic as well as assist pedestrians. Vehicles such as larger emergency vehicles and school buses are no longer permitted to cross the Lower Brewer Swing Bridge. Parks Canada advises it has decreased the load capacity from 10 tons to 3 tons. Built in 1984 to meet code for 10 ton capacity, it does not meet today's guidelines. And structural deterioration due to its age has further decreased its capacity. Design work for the Lower Brewer Swing Bridge is underway and it has been designated for replacement in 2021 sometime. And that's your weekly traffic report brought to you by the City of Kingston and CFRC 101.9 FM. For traffic and other news updates, be sure to visit cfrc.ca slash news. Thank you for listening to Today in YGK, produced with the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences at CFRC 101.9 FM at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario, on the traditional lands of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples.